0: This is episode 32 of the Soul of Sensitivity podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holden. I'm a professional, intuitive, and energy healer. I help highly sensitive people dig into the shadows of their soul to access their gifts, reclaim their purpose, and get intimate with their ultimate truth. This is season two. And in it, we're exploring healers, specifically how they got here, how they do their healing magic and the beliefs they have that guide them forward. We're also taking a peek at the specific practices they have in place to keep themselves healthy. Let's face it, being a badass in a sensitive body is no joke. And the healers I interview share their strategies for staying healthy while healing the world. This is the Soul of Sensitivity. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. First of all, I just want to thank all of you who wrote to me or pinged me on social media or uh, sent me an email um, and and thanking me for the hot mess episode. I really, really appreciate when you take the time to write to me and let me know what you're thinking about the podcast. It just, it means a lot to me. It means, it helps me know that I'm on the right track. It helps me know that you like what you're listening to. And so the more you do that, whether it's you like it or you don't like it, the more that I can tailor these episodes just for you. So thank you for those of you who took the time, uh, particularly for an episode that was so vulnerable for me. So thank you so, 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 so much for doing that. Today we have a shorter episode um, and kind of going along with the theme of hot mess (laughs) Through, Like I, I told you, through um, a lot of September, I was really, um, really sick. And so the the normal um, email emails that I send out to get people scheduled to interview for this podcast didn't happen um, because they got pushed to the back burner. So we're just a little, we're a couple weeks behind on all of the recordings that I have lined up. Um, due to that, and then a couple of just, you know, trying to work out people's schedules. So I have some really exciting conversations with other people coming up for you in the next several weeks, and I'm really excited about those conversations. I'm gonna be talking to uh, a woman named Desiree about magic. I'm gonna be talking to Audrey about burnout and how to avoid it, and we're gonna have some great, great conversations. So today, uh, I wanna talk a little bit about um, healing paths. And it's going to be a little bit of a continuation from the Hot Mess episode, but particularly digging into some of the healing experiences that I've had recently. Something that I've received feedback on from my students, the students in my School for Sacred Rebellion, is that they really love when I share a very specific parts of my healing path and that listening to those things is actually really healing and really validating for them. So I thought that today what I would do is share some of the things that I'm going through. And, you know, it's funny that I hadn't thought about this before, really, because this is one of my favorite things that my favorite podcast people do is when they talk about specific experiences that they had that helped them you know, learn to trust their inner voice, trust this crazy spiritual path that that we're all on and learn to trust it for themselves. So today I'm going to be sharing a bit about that with you. Before I get started, I want to thank my newest Patreon supporter, Kara Lee. I know who you are, Kara, and I love you, love you, love you dearly. And also we need to get the kids together because holy crap, it's been too long. I absolutely love Kara. Uh, She made a pledge at the $5 a month level, and I'm so, so grateful for that. Thank you to all of my Patreon supporters who support this podcast. It really shows me that you like what I'm doing here. You like the work, and you'd like to see it continue. So thank you for that. And I've also received more reviews lately, and that is so helpful. When you review my podcast on your favorite app or particularly on iTunes, It puts the podcast in front of more eyeballs um, when people are searching for podcasts, So it does a lot to spread the popularity of the podcast. So if you have a couple of extra minutes um, supporting on Patreon or leaving a review is really, really helpful. So thank you. I had some more hot mess moments this week. I would just like to share them with you so that you know that I'm over here keeping the bar really low for you. Um, Well, I had a cold this week because my son is in daycare. And so, you know, we're just like germ city over here. Um, And so I did a lot of working in the morning, crashing at lunch, and then napping through the afternoon, um, which I recognize I have the privilege to do that. um, And so I'm not trying to, to put that. I'm not trying to put that out there without recognizing the privilege behind it. I was lucky enough to have um, people to support me and a job that supports me and a husband who pays for some of the bills as well um, to allow me to do that. And so there was a lot of um, sleeping and blurry mascara and, and, and things like that. Also, this is a weird complaint, but my hair is at that really awkward stage where it's it's short, I'm trying to grow out a pixie cut, and so I'm just going to leave that right there for you to let you know that I'm in that pain of having that really, really awkward hairstyle, and I think it's going to be that way for about the next six months, just so you know some of my personal drama. Um, I talked to my doctor, and we increased the dosage of my new depression medication, antidepressant medication, not Not medication to get depressed, antidepressant medication. And I'm telling you this for a reason. So there was recently, um, you know, uh, a couple of days in October talking about, you know, increasing awareness for for mental health. And so I I just want to talk about this. So one of the tools that I'm using um, to help me with depression is medication. And I went a month on a really low dose of a medication and it wasn't enough. And I still was really, really fighting lack of motivation, even though all my work was making me excited. I still was was lacking motivation and, and had to really, you know, spend an incredible amount of energy just trying to get things done. So I talked with my doctor, we're increasing that medication, and already in the first week, um, I'm feeling a, a really big... Uh, difference, which is awesome. Because you know what's awesome is when you're excited about something and have the energy to do it. That had been lacking from my life. Um, And so I'm really, really grateful to have this tool. Also, I'm going to get on a little bit of a soapbox here because I recently had, I recently had somebody that I know um, try to explain to me that if only I learned the right tools and had a better context for understanding depression and where it comes from, then I wouldn't be depressed. That is a really, really dangerous thing to say to somebody. Particularly if you've never experienced a true, uh, you know, mental illness, like manic depressive disorder, which I have been diagnosed with. Saying that you can contextualize your depression, that you can think about it differently, that you can gain tools for awareness or spiritual understanding or whatever else in order to understand your depression differently, and then that will make you not depressed is bullshit to somebody who's actually depressed. So let's talk about this for a minute because I think it's really important because we know that highly sensitive people have generally higher rates of anxiety and depression. So let me just break this down for a minute when we actually have depression or anxiety it creates full body changes it changes the way our nervous system acts it changes the way our hormones work it changes our energy levels our sleep patterns everything is related in the body and so thinking about depression differently or having a new philosophical concept in which to seat the idea of depression does not make depression go away and in fact T- tell You know, talking to somebody like that, you know, somebody who has just, you know, in this instance, I just happened to tell this person that I had been, that I'd had some, some depression. And instead of, well, and instead of what, I don't know, this is what she decided to tell me. So first of all, if you ever get advice like that, know that it's bullshit. Know that it's bullshit. And know that, here's the thing that I know for myself, but also for working with highly sensitive people. I have never seen, I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't know that laziness actually exists. I'm not really a believer that it actually exists. I think that we're overworked and we need more rest. And so when we get like distracted or procrastinate, it's because we're lacking rest in our culture. But I've never seen a highly sensitive person who wasn't trying their hardest all the time. You know why? Because we fucking hate criticism. We hate it. We hate disappointing people. We hate creating conflict. We hate all of that stuff. And so the thing that I know is that we are out there trying our damnedest every single day. And most of us, probably you who are listening to this podcast, you're also doing personal work so that you're doing everything better all the time. You're trying to understand yourself. You're trying to get more guidance. You're trying to know yourself better so that you can relate to other people better. In my 36, almost 37 years, I have been a devout uh, scholar of yoga, Ayurveda, Sankhya philosophy that, that underlies all of that. Um, of spiritual mechanics and psychic tools, trust me, I have plenty of philosophies and ideas and um, methods and tools for understanding depression. Doesn't make me less depressed, right? Because depression affects us physiologically. Okay, I'm stepping off of my soapbox, except not really, right? Because this is my podcast. So um, this is a really good transition into something that we're going to be talking about in The Refuge through November and December. Miriam Greenspan is an author who wrote one of my favorite books for everyone, but particularly highly sensitive people and empaths. It's called Healing Through the Dark Emotions. And we are book clubbing it in my membership group, The Refuge for Sacred Rebellion. Healing Through the Dark Emotions is about how to transform your emotions, how to work with difficult emotions so that you can move them as they were meant to be moved through your body, because emotions happen in the body, not in the mind, which is what we were just talking about, so that you can move them, work through them, and turn them into gold, alchemize them. It's a fantastic book because she talks a lot about the science of how emotions work in our body. She questions um Uh, therapists who are overly happy on prescribing medication. She's not anti-medication, which of course would piss me off (laughs) because medication is a tool. But she questions how quickly we reach for it, right? She's questioning like, you know, are we just an emotion phobic society and need to learn how to work um, better through our emotions. And so here's this fine line that this this point that I'm trying to make is that we need to learn how to work through our dark emotions of, of um, grief and despair and fear and things that she calls them dark emotions because we don't really like to look at them. We kind of like to put them over in the closet and shove them down and not really do anything with them. We need to learn how to work through those. And in order for healing to occur, if those things have gone on for too long, right, if, if we've had despair or sadness or whatever that's gone on for too long, that has started to affect the physiology of our body to the point where we can't function well in life, we may need stronger tools in order to really, really be able to show up to do that healing work. I hope that makes sense. One of the th- the really great things that my therapist had, oh, here's another way that I have to contextualize um, uh, depression is through the work of Peter Levine and somatic experiencing. I understand that a huge part of the, my uh, current depression is being overworked as a working mother, having an incredibly difficult summer with my marital issues, and going uh, in too long being in a, a sympathetic dysregulated state of my nervous system. So, you know, another way to to contextualize the depression I'm experiencing is that it's a nervous system collapse. My nervous system is saying, you're done. You're done. You've had too much stress. The tiger has been chasing you for too long. You're going to lay down under this rock for a few months and you're going to rest and you're not going to do anything. Except our culture doesn't really support that, right? (laughs) You know, I have to I have to get up. I need to do my work. I've got, um, you know, things that I need to do. I don't have the privilege of sitting under a rock all the time. So there are other tools that I'm using to allow me to really be present, allow me to have capacity to to actually do some of this um, emotional work. And I'm, and i and please don't take this as everybody needs medication. I'm not saying that. Medication is a, is a tool that I chose, and there are lots of tools. So if you're interested in learning some of these emotional transformation tools, which have been so helpful for me, I think I read this book five years ago or so, and it it's something that I like to pull out every fall because fall is the, that heavy time when darker emotions tend to creep in. And it's something that has been so transformational in my life. She she actually gives you exercises. She gives you things to do with your emotions um, that are deceptively simple, but incredibly transformative. And the other thing that I love, love, love about this book is that she talks about how um, sensitive people and empaths, well, all of us, but particularly those who are sensitive, can... um, have emotions about, you know, what's going on in the state of our community, in the state of our world, and the state of our planet, and that we can be affected by those things, even if we can't ascribe a a reason behind the emotion. Those things can affect us even if we don't realize they're affecting us and she's one of the first people that i that i saw write that in a book i know that to be true as a as an intuitive who who sees what's happening with people but she's one of the first people that i've seen put it in writing so If any of that resonated with you, I would invite you to join the Refuge for Sacred Rebellion. I'm going to start with a little kickoff on October 29th on Monday within the group to kind of kick off the event. And then we're going to be meeting virtually uh, every Friday at noon to go over the different chapters that we're reading that week. The call is going to be recorded um, for those who miss it, and we'll have conversations and follow-ups within the Facebook group. The Refuge for Sacred Rebellion, which is the membership group, is $19 a month and there's no commitment. So you can join for the book club and then get out. Uh, Just as a heads up, we're probably going to be switching platforms in January because I don't know about you, but Facebook kind of pisses me off and it's annoying. So we're going to be looking for other um, group formats to connect that aren't quite as noisy. So there's that. There's that. And in a totally awkward transition, I'm going to start talking about healing paths now. <laughs> I probably could have planned that a little bit better. Um, but I'm not going to um, try to be perfect here. So I'm just going to keep going. So two weeks ago, I talked to you about finding your voice and holding on to it in in times of stress when the shit hits the fan, Right. Since I talked to you, I've been able to hold on to that voice. So I talked to you about attending an event that was just really not for me. And it definitely took me a few days to get back to the peaceful, calm state that I had been in before, but I got there. It was awesome. And the way that I got there is through using the tools that I have, the meditation tools, the awareness tools that I have, and using a lot of sound Again, sound is like my you no know, you know my big my big thing right now, the thing that I am adding into my practice, the thing that is transforming not only my practice but myself. When I started into my psychic work, um, just as a just as a client uh, back in, oh geez, that was back in 2003. I had some really, really transformative experiences that made my heart stand up and say, this, you will do this. Like many energy practitioners, I had that first experience with Reiki where I laid down on a Reiki table and it was like rivers opened up within me and it felt like You know, a million different angel fingers were massaging my spirit. I don't know how else to explain it. It was so transformative. And my stomach aches went away, and my headaches went away, and I said, there's something to this. I need to do this. The same thing happened when I started the psychic work, and I started learning the tools that I now teach in my sensitive self-defense courses, both within my school and within the Refuge is that as I started to learn and have an awareness of what I was, what, who I was, not who I was, but like how I was, what my vibration was, you know, what was it like to just have me inside of my space and develop a discernment where I could easily kick other people's energy out, easily kick other people's emotions out, start to really have a great discernment, it just like miraculous things started happening to me. You know, my health turned around, my relationships, the the fights that had seemed circular and confusing all of a sudden made sense to me, right? The, the um, chronic um, social anxiety that I had went away because all of a sudden I knew how to work with my energy, right? So really, really amazing things happened to me. And the same is happening with me, happening to me now again, again with sound. And so I want to share some of these experiences that I've had. I wasn't going to start here, but I'm going to. So last November, I took my first sound healing training with the Seattle Sound Temple. And in that course, I learned mostly to work with my voice which I was not expecting. I went in there fully expecting we were each going to get a crystal singing bowl and banging around our heads or I don't know exactly what I was thinking <laughs> but it was not what I got which I'm, I'm so grateful for. I learned how to use my voice to scan an aura. I learned how to use my voice and just sound to scan for inconsistencies and I found that that along with my intuitive abilities was incredibly strong. It was just Awesome. And not only did I have a pretty amazing experience healing somebody else, but the healing experience that I received through someone else using their voice with me was pretty transformational. And I think it wasn't just for me, but also the person giving me the healing um, and the, the people watching. So uh, what I remember from it, I was standing And the woman working on me was um, moving around me, scanning my system and my chakra centers with her voice. As she worked on my lower chakras, I started to have incredible urges of different kinds of movement. And, you know, knowing that in healing work, you should just allow for what comes up. I started moving in that way. And the, the first thing that I noticed is that she unlocked something that allowed me to drop my head all the way back. So it's like you lift your head up to the sky. Now, I had had neck problems for years, and that movement had never, you know, never worked for me. I would get, you know, really bad pain in my neck. And all of a sudden, I was doing these just really big chest opening, neck opening, dropping my head all the way back. And then sound started to emerge out of there. And so she's working on me and all these movements are coming out of me and sound is coming out of me. And I started to sway kind of back and forth. And, and I, I know afterwards now that people thought I was going to fall over and they were you know looking to catch me. But at the time, I didn't have any awareness of that. I was just moving in, in a way that felt like needed to move. as the the person healing me moved up to um to around my throat and my head area, she started using different sounds. She started using like a like a, almost like a whistle and and like a bird sound and this might sound I, I know that this sounds kind of strange, but all of a sudden I recognized her as a spirit I recognized a higher part of herself as someone. It's like I was seeing someone from home. And there was this recognition kind of shrouded in this golden light. And she said something to me in a language that my human ears don't understand. And I answered her in a language that that I don't understand. And it was this really beautiful exchange, it, you know, and if I'm thinking about it kind of outside the box, it reminds me of like the, you know, the movie Avatar, you know, when they're like, I see you, you know, they have that greeting. It, it was like, it reminded me of that. It was this kind of sacred greeting. There was more to the healing than that, but that's to the best of my memory. That's what I can remember, except that afterwards, both of us were profoundly changed, um, profoundly changed, it, and and it was a bit overwhelming. I think for both of us to have such an intense experience. So fast forward to oh gosh, it was almost a month ago now at my sound healing level two training. So I told you that I, I you know I went into that training not feeling super great, relieved for a, a weekend away, but um, not really sure why I was there. We did an impromptu healing circle, meaning that we were we were kind of going through um, different chakra energies and different affirmations that can be helpful for those chakras, and we were combining that with the knowledge that sound puts us in a theta um, a theta brain state, which uh, w- which means that we're really open, we're we're pretty vulnerable in that state, and so any suggestions at that point um, can be really really potent. And so on the fly, we decided to do this just incredible um, kind of group healing where um, the people who wanted to um, be healed on each chakra level would lay down and the rest of us would um, put out, uh, would be either doing sound or affirmations. And that's when I realized my heart started to crack open a bit. And it was both through the receiving Receiving positive affirmation in that brain state, laying out, we were outside, laying outside in the sun with the sound bowls and singing going, it was like having angels whisper in your ear. And it was like sensing the truth that I had forgotten. And so I believe that was when that, you know, my heart started to open up and my inner voice was like, there's, there's more, there's more here. Something is here. I talked a bit about the last day when I was giving healing and how beautiful and harmonious that was, but I didn't go into depth about what I was seeing in my own healing so when I lay down on the table and the two women working on me asked me what I wanted to have worked on, I said, I have some old wounds that are keeping me from being fully in this relationship, that they're, they're holding me back um, in my marriage. And we had learned a specific protocol. Right? We had learned kind of a protocol to follow while we get our feet underneath us. But the two women who were working on me were both experienced practitioners. And without speaking, they both started the healing differently. Instead of starting from the feet like they learned and working with this breath meditation, they started at the head. And they started with these gentle, gentle, playful sounds. And as they started to work, I was immediately shown this image, and I knew that it was a second chakra image, and it was me as a little girl, little, little girl. And the little girl was playing by herself, and she said, I'm so lonely. No one wants to play with me. No one is there for me. I'm all alone. And and my little girl, this little girl, had really identified with the story. She really believed it. You know, this was, I think, a core wound of mine. And so I watched her playing, you know, and I was kind of trying to talk with her, but I was also just trying to let the healing unfold. And all of a sudden, there opened up like this, um, like a, a turquoise or jade, like a, like a cave or a, um, like a tent. (laughs) I don't know. And, and there was light inside of that tent and she was being asked to, to jump into it. But, but there was like an agreement that if she went in this tent, she was going to have to get rid of the story. And she kind of said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know. Um, you know, if it's safe to do that because I've gotten pretty comfortable being lonely. And then she stuck her head in the tent, and I and I kind of said, "It's all right. Like I'm here. I'll, I'll I'll watch the door." And as soon as I saw my little girl step inside the tent, the sounds around me changed all of a sudden. Both women at the same time, the bowls became louder. Um, their voices became louder. Dissonance started happening. So their, uh. Um, in sound healing there's harmonies and then there's dissonance and dissonance is like that oh I don't want it to last for too long but it can really help move a vibration out so everything got really really loud and um, it, it was as if I was you know watching this cave and inside of it all these lights were going off and I knew that this little girl part of me was in in process and I don't fully remember, but I believe at that time, some, um, some sounds came out of me that I needed to be making some sounds to move this along. So I was making sounds and they were making sounds. And um, all of a sudden, I saw the little girl pop back out of the cave and the cave may have even disappeared. And exactly at that moment, the women calmed. They stopped their voices, and the bowls that were on my body, which had been kind of pitchy, you know, they'd kind of been screeching a little bit because I'd been out of harmony, they harmonized in that moment. And I just watched as the little girl, like, put away her alone toys. And then she looked at me, And she ran to me, just like my. I have a toddler, and sometimes he just does a running hug and just leaps into my arms. And she ran to me and just leapt into my arms, and and became part of me again. And at that moment, the sound changed again. And I kind of laid there in the stunned. I'll call it the stunned aftermath. And if you saw what I posted on social media, it was after that healing that I posted those, the selfie, the before and after selfie. Of how you you can just see in my face how much shifted from the what 30 minutes that I was on the table. I mean, it was incredible. And it was after that healing and the healings that I gave that I had that really clear felt sense of resonance in my body. and my energy was so balanced and people commented the next day, you know i have I have never seen you hold your energy that calm, you know, that balanced. I had a similar experience working yesterday with the uh, my sound healing teacher. So her name is Irene. I'm hoping to get an interview with her on here soon. And she's the the owner of the Seattle Sound Temple. I work with her. And similar, I there were some, some things that I... Well, let's see. Let's get really honest here. What did I want to work on? I wanted to work on consistency um, in my business and making um, what I do robust enough to fully financially support me in Seattle right right now it's I'm contributing to the household but I would I would really like to be you know if 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 the shit hit the fan I could support myself in the city of Seattle doing what I love that's what I want to do and then the other you know the other piece was my my relationship so much happened in that healing so much happened So let me think about where I want to begin. Yeah, she ended up working a lot in my second, third, and fourth chakras. So working in my second chakra, she set a humongous bowl, this humongous crystal bowl on my pelvis. It was amazing and as she played that bowl and as she worked in that section of my aura my connection to my divine feminine and my sensuality and my creativity and my emotions um, became very clear and there it turns out there uh, had an incredible amount of primal rage primal rage and anger that needed to come out. And so there was a lot of growling. There was a lot of yipping. And, and this sounds a little bit silly. I'm comfortable making sounds on the table because I'm comfortable with sound, but I did not hold back. Any sound that needed to come out of me only advanced the healing. And so I allowed myself to make these sounds. And as the, that anger came out, came this incredible sense of peace and connection And my sounds calmed down and the bowls calmed down and Irene's voice calmed down and and then we moved on. And I don't want to spend an incredible amount of time here, but I want to tell you what touched me the most deeply. Irene was working in my heart center and it was clear that my heart was not ready to work through its deepest pain. It was willing to release some, but it wasn't willing to go all the way. And that, you know, that happens in healings. That's okay. It doesn't mean that you're like not doing it right. You know, there's there's a there's a wisdom, right? There's a wisdom to what the body wants to do. But while she was working in my heart, Irene is um Irene's this really clear channel for light language, which I had not been familiar with until I had worked with Irene and she and she holds this, you know, the sacred channel and speaks light language in a way that's so so pure and so it's so non-weird when she does it. <laughs> um and it's just so beautiful. And so as she was working in my heart, she was speaking this language and all of a sudden the vision around me was like Similar to the experience I had before, it was as if I was having a homecoming. It was like walking into a surprise party of all of the people you love and haven't seen for years. It was like being reconnected with the, my deepest Most connected spiritual family. And as I started seeing these connections, a, a language that I do not recognize came out of my mouth. But I knew in my mind, I knew I was saying, Oh my God, where have you been? It's so good to see you. You know, and they're like, we've been here all along. You just haven't been able to see us. And Now, I know, as a psychic, I know we have spiritual support. I tell people this all fucking day long, (laughs) right? That you have more support than you know, because I see it. I see how much support we have. And so I know we have spirit guides. I know we have angels. We have our ancestors. We have all of the support. But in that moment, I saw the support that I had. As if I were a sun in the middle of a solar system. As if I were the central planet or the central star in the middle of a galaxy. That's how many connections there were. That's how much support I actually had. And in that moment, all of those doubts that my mind had made up, all of those things that you know, the the sticking places where my mind had been like, oh, you can't really do that, or that's bullshit, or you know, blah blah blah, they just melted away in the face of what seemed like this. I mean, what I believe is just irre- irrefutable proof. How much we are supported so with that i'm going to remind all of you that you can come into my office on mondays and i will do this work for you i will help you shift on a spiritual physical and emotional level using my intuitive insight and using sound There's nothing more that I want to do than offer this work for you right now. I'll also let you know that behind the scenes, I'm working on getting a a bigger, better location for myself to offer this in sort of a community setting because I'm so passionate about combining my psychic work and the School for Sacred Rebellion and more sound. I have two treats for you today. The first one is that if you are a Patreon supporter, there are going to be three spots that you can grab, and these are going to be greatly reduced uh, one-hour session, so psychic and sound healing session that you can grab. It's first come, first serve. I'm going to offer them in the Patreon group, and I'm going to offer them on Monday morning. Okay, so that's treat number one. Treat number two is that I'm going to leave you with just a little taste of some sound healing. So after I say goodbye, the last little credits will come on. And then after that, you've got about five minutes of sound just to just kind of, you know, ease you through your morning, your afternoon, wherever you are. Maybe you're even headed off to bed. And if you like what you hear, let me know. Please send me an email, drop me a line, DM me on uh, Instagram. I would really love to hear from you. Hope you have a wonderful couple of weeks, my dears, and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks again for listening to The Soul of Sensitivity. Show notes and links from today's episode can be found at www.sensitivityuncensored.com. If you would like to read more about high sensitivity or intuition, sign up for my mailing list, book an intuitive reading with me, or learn more about my membership group, The Refuge for Sacred Rebellion, please visit my website. Again, it's www.sensitivityuncensored.com.